Um, this morning, then, we are uh, continuing on in our main series for 2019 that we are calling uh, The Reset, and many of you have been around for uh, this series, but, but this series is really all about um, getting us back to this foundation, the essence of our faith in Jesus that we find in the great commandment to, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others uh, as we are loved, and, and also the mission of our faith that we find in the Great Commission, and and really for the last, I don't know, maybe seven months, we have devoted our time and energy and attention to this first commandment. We've been focused on what does it mean for us as the people of God to love God? What does it look like to love God with our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength? And what does it look like for us to love others? What does it look like for us to love one another? And last week, if you were here, Pastor Neil gave a great message around domestic violence. I think a challenging message. I think a courageous message as we yeah, yeah, it's okay. You can clap for that. Um, if you haven't heard it, please go onto our website, edgeward.com. Give that a listen. But, but part of uh, what shaped that for us also is the month of October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And there's just some things as a church we are uh, doing to sort of promote awareness, um, to hopefully give some uh, education and information, and also to partner with uh, Mutual Ground, which is an organization here in the city of Aurora that uh, focuses on awareness and education and services around this area of domestic violence. And so if you weren't here or you missed it, there's actually information on our table in the back. Um, so you can grab that on your way out. It's, it's on your way out the door. There's a bunch of information about domestic violence and some of the things that we're doing. And would love for you guys to be a part of that. Actually, a celebration. One of the things Mutual Ground was looking for was a mini fridge, yeah? Uh, we already got that. We already gave that to them. They were like, thank you. So we're, we're still working on getting them a big old fridge freezer um, for them to uh, be able to use in their shelter. So that's something we're still working towards as well. Um, this morning now, and really for the rest of this year, from now through Advent uh, into Christmas, we are going to turn our attention to our, the gospel and our gospel mission. We are going to be focusing our attention on our mission together as a church found in the Great Commission. Um, that's where we're going to be going. I want to ask you guys as we get started, if you would and you're able to stand with me. And I want to just pray for us. We're just going to invite the Lord to speak, uh, to minister his word over us this morning. And as, as always, I'll say to you every time, I'm going, to, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to speak. And I'm going to ask you to ask God to speak to you. Okay? Because here's what I know. God wants to speak to you. Okay, God, God wants you to hear from him. God wants you to know him. God, God wants you to know and, and receive what, his word to you this morning. And, and, and God doesn't need me to tell you, okay? Like, like, like God can speak that. And, and so I just want to invite you, like God cares as much about you coming before him as he does me. And so we're just going to come before him together. Uh, let's do that. Father, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for this time. God, thank you for your love and your grace and your goodness to us. God, thank you for your faithfulness. Jesus, all the, all the songs that we sang this morning, God, you are our living hope, God. 
And so, Lord, we praise you this morning and we bless you. And God, as we open up your word this morning, Lord, I just ask that you would speak, that God, you would minister your heart, your word to us, Lord God. It is only you, God, by your spirit that can transform and change hearts and lives. And so, God, would you come and do a work this morning that only you can do? Would you just take a minute right where you are and just tell the Lord, God, I want to hear from you this morning. And just ask him, God, would you speak to me? Would you speak to my heart this morning? Help me to hear from you. God, I'm against any distraction. God, against just any of the stuff that maybe we walked in the door this morning with that might take us away from having our hearts and minds attentive to you. God, I just pray a grace, your grace over this room. God, that ears would be open to hear from you and that hearts would be open to receive of you. God, I thank you that you planned for us to be here today for what it is that you want to speak. So God, would you do that today? Have your way in us, have your way in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you can have a seat. And so we're talking today about our mission. We're talking about our purpose. What is the purpose of the church? What is the the mission of the church? What is it that God has saved us and uniquely brought us together, right, in this uh, in this place, in this city, uh, in this time to do? What 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 is the, what is the point of all of this? Why are we here together? And and, and you know, one of the things that. One of the things I love about God is that when it comes to the good things, like the big things of God, God doesn't just like leave it on us to figure and sort it all out. You know what I'm saying? Like this isn't one of those things where God's like, hey, um, good luck. I hope you guys figure it out. And where we just have to kind of go around the room and say, well, what do you think the purpose is? And what do you think the purpose is? And, what do you, and hopefully come to a consensus where in the end we all love each other, right? Like, like God's like, no, no, hey, l- let me tell you, okay? And so rather than go around the room, we're just going to let Jesus tell us. I think he probably knows better than us anyways. And so if you have your Bible, uh, you can open it to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, and we're going to look at verses 18 through 20. And, and where this is in the story is Jesus has recently been raised from death to life in victory over, over sin and death and hell and Satan. And, and Jesus is now uh, going to make his final appeal really to his disciples and to us. This is, this is not the end of the story. This is really the climax of the story. Everything has been moving towards what Jesus is about to offer, to give, to share with us. And so, so before Jesus ascends from earth it back into heaven to be with the Father uh, and to reign forever, Jesus is going to leave us with our marching orders and our mission. Okay, and here's what it says, Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18, and it says, and then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What is the purpose of the church? Here it is right here. This is what is known as the Great Commission. Okay, now my guess is that, that this morning if I were to ask many of you about about your calling in life, about, about 
your, your purpose and your calling and what you were made to do, we'd probably get a lot of different answers. Some of you might say, well, I, I think I was just called to work with young people or the youth. Some of you might say, I, I've been called to, to work with the, with the elderly. I just really have a heart for that. Some of you might say that you have, a, you have a calling to teach or to counsel or to play music or to sing. Others might say you've been called in the business world or medical field or, or into politics or education or entertainment or, or, or whatever it is. Some of us might even say, hey, my, call, my, my, my mission, my calling is simply to, to take care of, of the poor, right, to help end human trafficking, right, to, to provide care for the disabled or for the orphans. And, and all of those things, I would say, those are great, those are beautiful, those are necessary. And the truth is, is that God has filled so many, many of you with amazing passions and, and talents and, and burdens uh, for all kinds of things. But, but at the end of the day, I would say that, that none of those things are actually your calling or your mission. They may be the avenue by, or the means by which you fulfill your mission, but they are not the mission itself. There is, according to Jesus, one call and one mission for the people of God, for all of us who call on the name of Jesus and the church. And it is this, that you and I, right, that we have been called and commissioned and empowered by God to bring the good news of Jesus Christ and make disciples of every person on the planet, okay? Simply put, our mission is to be followers of Jesus who made followers of Jesus. That, that's our one mission. Now, 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 this is important, okay? This is important for us because, because the reality is, is that we can spend our time and energy and effort doing all kinds of good things, and we can even do a lot of God things, and, and those are great things, but we can actually do those things and still not do the one thing that God has commanded and commissioned us to do. Okay, like, like did, did you know that, like, Jesus never told us to build schools or, or colleges or even, even seminaries. He didn't tell us to put up hospitals or shelters or food pantries. He didn't tell us to put up church buildings. He, he didn't tell us to, to have a, a youth ministry or, or a praise team, right? None of those things. Jesus didn't actually do any of those things himself. And, and he didn't tell us to, to, to do those things, but he did tell us to make disciples. And here's where that can get off, it, because it's possible, okay? It's possible to build a, even a church, to put up a hospital, to develop a food pantry and all kinds of shelters and stuff and not make disciples of Jesus. In, in fact, it happens all the time. And the one thing that makes the of God's people different than what everyone else, did you know that, I mean, the world does a pretty good job of a lot of these things too. The, the world does a pretty good job of putting up hospitals and, and having food pantries and shelters and all those things. And again, those are good things. But the thing that separates the call of God from all the other things is Jesus Christ and the message of him in the middle of all of that. That's what makes that our mission, okay? And so here's what I want to do this morning. I want us to, to, to dig through a little bit of this great commission, and really, I want us to grab hold of, of three key truths for us regarding this call and this mission. And I'm going to do that by focusing on what I consider to be the three all statements of the commission, okay? So if you have your notes, here's the first one. You can write this down. Jesus has all authority, as Lord and King. Jesus has all authority 
as Lord and King. Oftentimes when people talk about the Great Commission, they start with the word go. Go. What do we got to do? We got to go. What do we do? We got to go and be about some stuff. We got to do some stuff. We got to take care of some things. Okay, but but the reality is, is that this mission begins here in verse 18 when Jesus says, look, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to me. Now, now, Now look at me. Whatever Jesus is going to say after that doesn't really matter. You can go all in on whatever Jesus is about to say because all authority belongs to him. So if the next thing Jesus says is, therefore go step to the edge of that cliff and jump and fly over the moon, get your camera ready, okay? Because like you're going to sprout wings or something and you're going to have an amazing experience, right? Because Jesus has all authority. It all belongs to him. The translation of that is simply Jesus is in charge. And he's not only in charge up there in heaven. He's in charge here down on the earth. He's not just in charge of eternity. He's in charge of time and space in the right now. Jesus is declaring to us his lordship and his kingship over everything. One of the things that's so important is that God not only sent his son, right, to be savior, to save and rescue us from sin and death, but God also sent Jesus to be Lord, okay? He's made Jesus to be king, not just in heaven where he sits on throne, but here on the earth where he is to sit on the throne of our hearts and our lives. In Acts 2.36, it says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this, that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, listen, both Lord and Messiah. He's not just Messiah. He's not not just Savior. He's not just the promised one who, who, who is to come and rescue us from sin and death. He is to be Lord. He is to be King because all authority belongs to him. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, therefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him the name above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. There is one King one Lord, one Savior, and he is Christ Jesus, and all authority in heaven and on earth belong to him. Now, now really, what that, that is to say that, that there isn't anyone or anything outside of the kingdom rule of Jesus. He has all authority. He alone is God. He alone is Lord. The, the, the theologian Abraham Kuyper once said that there is not one square inch of planet earth over which the risen Christ does not declare mine. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, now, now this word authority here is an, is an interesting one because uh, there's some different uses of the word authority in the New Testament. And really the most common one uh, of this use of this word is this uh, Greek word dunamis, which is where we get our word dynamite from. And it's, it's essentially it means power, explosive power. Okay, but, but this word here, this is not uh, the word dunamis. This is actually the Greek word ekousia. Okay, and ekousia means the authorized use of power. So, so dunamis is just power. Akusia is meaning having the authorization to use that power. When, when, when you, in a football game, on the football field, right, all the players are younger and stronger and faster than the officials who are older and, and weaker and slower, okay? The players can knock you down, but the officials can take you out of the game. 
So, so, so while the players have dunamis, right, the, the officials have akusia, okay, because they have been given an authorization, a whistle and a flag, okay, that, that belongs to them, right? They have th- this authority and their akusia trumps the player's dunamis. Jesus says all akusia, all authority, the authorization of that authority has been given to me. And so while your enemy the devil, and while maybe even the world has dunamis, I have akusia. I have the authorization that overcomes the dunamis. Now, now, now the reality is, is that truth ought to make us a bit more bold and courageous as followers of Jesus, right? Because the one who is commanding us, the one who is sending us, the one who is giving to us our mission is the one who has all the authority and all the power to get this mission accomplished, okay? And it's going to be done. That's the beauty of it. God has already been on the move. And if I'm reading my Bible rightly, it isn't a question as to whether or not God is going to do this. God is going to to make sure that this mission will be accomplished. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be, do you see that? Not might be, not could be, not maybe. The gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then, according to Jesus, the end will come. Jesus says the end is going to come when the gospel of the kingdom is proclaimed to the whole world. And guess what? It's going to happen. It's going to be so. How do we know that's going to be so? Well, we get a glimpse of that from the apostle John, who in the book of Revelation has this glimpse of heaven. And and in chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, Here's what he sees. He says, after this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. Listen, from every nation, all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You see that? Every tribe and tongue and nation, all the people, they're there. Okay? John gets a glimpse of this, which means that the gospel is going to go to the whole world. The mission of God is going to be accomplished with or without you. Okay, so like, so like just when we kind of, sometimes it's easy for us to kind of get a big head and be like, man, Lord, I, I know you need me, <laughs> right? Like, man, you really, no, no, like, like whether you're in it or not, it's going to happen. Okay, it, it, it's going to be done. God's not, like, God's not like, man, I really hope you participate or I don't know how I'm going to do this, right? So, so it's going to happen. But the reason it's going to happen is because all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus, okay? Which leads us to our, our, our second point here, our second all. Jesus is for all people. Je- Jesus is for all people, Verses 19 and 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Go and make disciples of everyone, everywhere. That's the command, okay? It's not a suggestion. It's not optional. It's not like an ancillary or elective thing to our faith. It isn't for like the really talented or like super spiritual ninja Christians. You know what I'm saying? Like those people, like the ones we just go, well, those, of course they do that, right? Like like this is the call to every father follower of Jesus. This is the call to, uh, to every single one of us and the right response of the people of God to the one who has all authority is our obedience. 
is our submission to that authority. Any other response would be sin. Any other response would be a rebellion against our God. But here's what I want you to see in that, though. That, that, that this, is, this isn't just kind of one of those, like, you go and better do this mission statements. Okay, like this isn't like go take out the garbage and cut the grass, okay? Like, like this is better than just some, some burdensome command from God. This is an invitation of God for us to join him in reaching the whole world with his love and grace and truth for the freedom of captive hearts, for reconciled relationships between God and man, and for eternal destinations. This is a command. Yeah, it's a command. But bigger than that, more than that, this is an invitation, an expression of God's love towards us because think about this when God created the universe who did he ask to help him no no, but was God like hey uh, Galileo hey Sir Isaac Newton hey Einstein could you give me a hand No, no God was just like hey universe boom there it was okay like, like, God didn't ask for somebody's input. He didn't say, like, hey, could you, can you join me in this work? Can you partner with me in this thing? He just did it because all authority and power belongs to God. And though it was God who just made the universe and it was us in our sin and rebellion, right, that messed it all up, God still invites us. Think about that. God invites us into his story of reaching and saving the world, into his story of redemption. Isn't that amazing? If Jesus has all the authority on heaven and earth, if he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, if he is almighty and all-powerful in God, then he can do anything he wants to do, right? And he doesn't need anyone to help him do it. And yet, out of his love and his grace and his goodness, he invites us to partner with him in that work. When I was a kid growing up, uh, my dad was a garbage man. He worked on the garbage truck for a number of years and one of my favorite things to do when I was little is when my dad would say, hey, you want to work on the garbage truck with me? Um, I just thought that was awesome, you know? And, and so he would get up really early in the morning. He often left at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning to go throw garbage. He worked in the city and, and Berwyn and Cicero and all that area. And so I'm a kid. I'm, he's waking me up at the crack of dawn. It's dark outside. Cold, and we're going out there and we're throwing garbage. And I'm throwing, you know, I'm doing it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm throwing garbage. How, how many of you guys know, like, it probably took my dad longer to do the work with me helping him? You know what I'm saying? I mean, the garbage, I was eight. The garbage weighed more than me. Okay, you know what I'm saying? So, like, my dad, he would have to, like, like help me throw the garbage and then throw garbage. You know what I'm saying? But, but so, like, he didn't ask me, hey, do you want to come work with me? Because he needed me to throw garbage. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like at the end of the day, he got done faster and was like, whew, man, good thing I brought Steve with me, right? Like, like he, he, was, he was probably more exhausted and just like, man, I need a break right now. But, but, but that's God, okay? Like, like he, my, my dad invited me into that just because he wanted me to share something with him. He wanted me to, to experience this, this uh, work with him. He wanted to be with me in that. And that's what God's doing here. Okay, God's not like, hey, I need you so that I can get something. God's saying, I want to be with you and I want to share you to share with me in this work because I love you and because this is an amazing, uh, eternal thing that you get to be a part of. Jesus comes and he says to us, I'm going to let you be proclaimers of the life and grace and peace to 
everybody on the planet. I'm going to invite you to join me in finishing this work. Here's how the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 8 and 18, 20. He says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. Isn't that amazing? Paul's like, Jesus has already done all the work, okay? Like Jesus has already done, he's already paid for sin. He's already conquered death. He's made a way for every person to be saved and brought into relationship with God forever. And now you Christians, here's a gift, okay? You now get to be my ambassador. You now get to represent me on the earth and continue this ministry of reconciliation, of restoring every person to peace with God through Jesus. God has made it so that there is no dividing line between mission and redemption. Inherent in the redemptive redemptive story is that that you and I would be part of his plan. And so this command from Jesus is, is something bigger and better than just something we have to do. It is something we get to do. What an amazing invitation to us from God. Now, now, now this idea of going isn't, isn't, It's just simply like, hey, now pack up, sell all your stuff, get on an airplane, and and fly to the edges of the earth. It could mean that, but but what this therefore go is really is as you go, okay? As you go, right, this, the purpose of your life, what you have been made and saved to do is to be a disciple. And as you go through this life, make disciples. We as Christians, as followers, of Jesus. We're not here on this planet at our own leisure. We are here under the mandate and the grace of God which found us and restored us and redeemed us, which which breathed life back into our dormant lungs and brought us back from the grave and from death into life for one purpose. And that purpose is that we would, with everything in us, become an amplifier of the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we would proclaim with our words and with our lives that Jesus rescues and he saves and he redeems and he restores and he frees and he heals and in him there is peace and there is joy and there is hope and there is forgiveness, right? And there is life everlasting for every person on this planet who puts their trust in him. Jesus is for everyone. And that is clear to us, okay? The Old Testament, the psalmist uh, says this to us. I love this. He says in verses, uh, Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a place to stand. He's saying, look, look, I had this time. I cried out to God. I needed God, okay? Like, and God heard me, and God responded, and God stepped down, and he came into this pit that I was in, into my darkness, into my brokenness, into my mess and my sinfulness, and God rescued me. He saved me. He called me out, and he planted me in him on a firm foundation. And and what happens is so many of us, we stop right there, and we say, there it is. There's my Christianity. I've been saved, okay? It's awesome. I was in bad shape. God restored me. Gee, I was, I was in sin. Now I'm in the life of God. And that's so awesome. But, but that's not all that because the gospel doesn't end with me. The gospel is not all about me. The gospel is for everyone. And, and so it continues in verse 30 and then it says, so he put a new song in my mouth. Okay. You see that? Like, like this is about a proclamation. 
This is about what's coming out of your mouth, that now the words that you are proclaiming are different kind of words. Listen, I love lifestyle evangelism. Lifestyle evangelism only works when you get to evangelism, okay? Like it only works if you actually ultimately then say something about this Jesus, okay? So it says, he put a new song in my mouth. Okay, uh, uh, it says that, that a, a hymn of praise to our God. And why? Why did he change me? Why did he save me? He says, so that many, you see that? So that many will see and many would fear. And as a result, many people would put their trust in the Lord. That's the movement right there. There is a ripple effect of the gospel in our life that is meant to be undeniable. There there is a ripple effect of the true grace of God in our life that doesn't just lead us to sit around and contemplate all day what happened to us. That doesn't just make our life all about us and, and spending all of our time focused on our own lives. Instead, it leads us to proclaim what can happen to anybody and everybody on the planet through Jesus. That's the true response of receiving the gospel of Jesus for us is that then the gospel of Jesus comes from us. And here's our mission, to take Jesus to all kinds of people, living in all kinds of places, living all kinds of lives. Uh, just think about the people that Jesus reached out to. I love that, like when you just really think about it. Like, like Jesus reached out to fishermen, to tax collectors, to prostitutes, to the sick, the dying, the unloved, the unwanted, even to the religious. Jesus reached out to all of them, okay? To anyone and everyone because the gospel is for all people. The apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3, 9 that, that the Lord is not wishing that any, do you see that? That the Lord is not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Jesus wants to get them all, and he is sending you and I to go and get them. Now, now, now something that we have to hold, okay, is that the gospel of Jesus is for everyone, not just the people you or I deem worthy of it. Right? Like, like if we're not careful, it is easy to find ourselves to, in a place where we become like Jonah, okay? And where when we think about those people, whoever they are, what we want is the wrath of God to fall upon them, right? Like because they're those people, they're deserving of his wrath and God just pour it out on them, they deserve it. God fall on them, right? Rather than the grace and the love of God, the salvation of God to come to them. But here's the beautiful thing about grace is that grace can't be grace if it's earned, if it's deserved. Grace is grace because it isn't deserved. Grace is grace because you can't earn it. It's not something you deserve. It's something you receive. And Jesus said, look, I didn't come for the righteous people. I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick and the sinful. Do you know that that sin is actually a prerequisite for salvation? Like, you can't not be a sinner and then be saved. Like, like you have to have been a sinner to be saved. It's what makes the gospel of Jesus so amazing. It's that it's actually for everyone, okay? Like, like for the last 10 years, I have had the, the great joy of, of serving at Wayside Cross Ministries here in Aurora. And, um, and if you're not familiar, Wayside Cross is a recovery program program. Um, 
been around for like 100 years. And for the last 10 years, I've been going there every single week and running groups there and meeting with people. And I, I don't know how many guys I've, I've worked with over the last 10 years, a, a couple hundred, maybe more, I don't know. Uh, but, but, but I love going there because it reminds me of the gospel. Because when I sit with uh, so many of these men and so many of these brothers, in, in the world's, from the world's view, they are the throwaways, okay? They're the lepers. They're the unwanted. Don't bring them here, okay? We don't want them here. Send them away. Send them somewhere else, okay? Let them be somebody else's problem. Walk on the other side of the street, right? But like every time that I'm with, I'm reminded that like the gospel is for everyone and God's heart and his love is for everyone. And every time I meet with them, especially as new guys come into my group, I always tell them, I'm not here because I'm better than you. I'm here because I am you. And the same blood that Jesus needed to shed for my life is the same blood that was needed to be shed for your life. And one of my favorite verses is, 1 Timothy 1, 15, and I tell them this all the time as well. And it says here, Paul said, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. You know what the beauty of owning that scripture is? Is that when, when you can hold it, because I, I don't believe that's for Paul. I believe that's for all of us. Is because when you can hold that, there's no one you can't sit with. There's no one you can't be with. Because if you've already embraced the fact that Jesus, like if I was the only sinner, Jesus would have come and he would have died for me, which, which he really did, okay? Like, like, but, but my sin isn't more than yours or less than yours. But, but because I'm, I'm in that place, I can be with anybody and everybody because I'm no better than anybody and I'm certainly no worse and neither are you. So you and I can come together and we can be together and we can receive this love and grace of Jesus for us. All of us are offenders and all of us have been offended against. And therefore there is not one better and not one worse, which makes all of us qualified both to be with people and to receive from God. Every saved person this side of heaven owes the gospel to every person on that side of hell. It is our mission and our mandate. And, and, and notice here also that Jesus says, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because as we proclaim him, as we are sharing Jesus, some, not all, but some are going to receive him. Some are going to put their hope and their trust in him. And, and as they do, right, we baptize them. Baptism is something we do in obedience to Christ, okay? And it's a public declaration that we make that, that our life is in him, that our identity is in him. We declare to anyone and everyone, just like Scripture says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. I'll declare that to anybody. I'll stand in front of whomever and say, I belong to Jesus. I follow Jesus. I've been, my old self has been put to death, which is that representation in baptism, going under the water, and I've been resurrected to new life in Christ. That's why we do baptisms here. That's why I invite you to be a part of that, and that's why I tell you this morning, like, baptism matters. If you're a Christian today, if you've been walking with Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to him, and you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to consider these words of Jesus and how you take your obedience to him, that you would take your obedience to Jesus seriously. Baptism is for us, okay? The, the other part that it says then is that we teach them everything that Jesus has commanded. Now, now let me ask you, uh, how, how many of you in the room know everything Jesus commanded? I, I'm not asking to make you feel bad, okay? Like, 
Like, like I'm just wanting us to see something about Jesus and our mission, okay? And that, that's if we are going to be people who teach others about Jesus, then we have to know him and his word to us. Okay, that, that's, part of the, that's part of the movement, okay? We, you and I are not going to teach someone something we don't know. This is not like a, this isn't the kind of like do as I say, not as I do kind of thing, right? This isn't like the dad telling his kid about the dangers of cigarettes while he's smoking, right? Like, have you ever had that experience like where somebody's like, hey, you really shouldn't do that? And you're like, well, you do it, right? Like, like this is a knowing of God, okay? This is, this is a let me show you with my life okay, and, and with my words kind of thing. We're, we're meant to be able to say, like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. F- follow me and see what it looks like to love and serve and worship and obey Jesus. So our mission is not simply one of going, it is one of being. If we're gonna make disciples of Jesus, then we have to be disciples of Jesus ourselves and in our own life becoming more and more like him so that we can fill, fulfill our mission and our purpose here on the earth together. Now, now this is not about perfection, okay? This is a little bit of feedback here, right? Like, will you ever get to the point that you are observing and obeying everything that Jesus commanded perfectly? No, okay? If you don't know, the answer is no, all right? Some of you are like, really? Yeah, no, okay? Like, like, if you don't think the answer is no, this is going to be a crushing weight on you. Or, or you're going to walk in a whole lot of like self-righteousness and judgment, okay? Be, be, because we don't arrive until heaven, until glory, okay, when we're with Jesus. Until then, our lives are marked by a perpetual and re- regular rhythm of confession and repentance and reconciliation as we grow day by day into the fullness of Christ. The, the Christian life is not one of perfection, but of progression, okay? It's not perfection, it's progression. It's a life where we mature, where we grow, where we become more and more like Jesus every day. That's a disciple. Okay, a disciple is one, a man or a woman who is consistently and continually growing in Christ and living under the lordship, rule, and reign of Jesus. It's not simply the person who gets into heaven. It is the person in whom heaven gets into, okay? And it is evidenced by our life in God. Jesus is for all people, and we have been called by him to be those who bring the good news of him to everyone. Here's the third one, lastly. Jesus is always with us. Jesus has all the authority. Jesus is for all people. And Jesus is always with us. Here's what Jesus says lastly in verse 20. He says, and surely I am with you always. That's my other all word, okay? How you can spell that differently if you want, but always, Jesus says, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now, this is a beautiful and encouraging promise to us from Jesus, but here's what I want us to notice about this, that the presence of God, that his being with us here is directly tied, directly tied to our acting upon the mission that he gave us. Jesus doesn't say, hey, therefore, go, do whatever you want. Go, be whatever you want. Go, go, just do all the stuff that, that's in your heart and mind to do. And I'll just come along for the ride, okay? Like, like Jesus says, no, no, go and make your go and make disciples. Be about the mission that I gave you. And as you do, I will be with you the whole way. Do you want to be close to Jesus this morning, right? Be where he is. Be about his work. See, perhaps for for some, the reason that we 
maybe don't feel so close to God, right? The, the reason maybe we don't feel like we're, we're experiencing his, his intimate presence, the, the reason maybe we don't feel like we're, we're sort of feeling that breath of heaven on our life is because maybe we're spending so much of our time trying to get Jesus where we are rather than just being about where he is and what he's doing. So, so, so it's not that you're not like reading good books or, you know, going to the right things or seminaries or Bible studies, right? It, 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 as far as though like this real and dynamic and intimate and living relationship with Jesus that is absolutely sort of turning you inside out daily, as far as this like tasting and seeing that the Lord is good kind of life, you're like, yeah, you would say like, I don't remember the last time that, that I sort of experienced. I don't remember the last time I, I felt that. Well, well, that there for you could be about this mission and maybe that you've been more about your mission than about his. Jesus is always present in his work to seek and save the lost. And so, so maybe for us we need to consider am I busy doing my thing or am I about his thing? And, and so for you then there's an invitation, right, to respond to to, to let go and let go of your thing so that you can embrace his thing. So you can put down the thing that, that you've been laboring and so you can pick up this very work of God that he has for you in your life. Because there's a couple things that, that we know happens when we join up with Jesus and his work, right? Number one is that the nations are glad because they have been waiting on him and two, that we are glad because we are walking with him and experiencing him. I, I love that that our commission, that this command, that it doesn't end uh, with command, but with a promise. Because th this promise is really given to those who understand that the mission of God is unstoppable, that, that, that the lordship of Jesus is universal, and that the gospel is meant to go to every single person on the planet. And Jesus, knowing what we are like, knowing that we are prone to fear and doubt, makes us this promise that he's going to be with us always in this mission. Every bit of the way, every risky step you take, every moment you're stretched and you feel uncomfortable Jesus is going to be there empowering you with his presence and his power to overcome your fears and your doubts so God says to you and to me this morning church go make disciples of all nations of all people because there are many people who are waiting on me on you they're waiting for me through you they're waiting for me for you to come Who's asking, well, a, a God that doesn't need us, yeah? He doesn't need us to do the work, but a God who loves us so much that he invites us into that. A, a God who loves us so much that out of his kindness and his generosity and his love and goodness that, that he invites us to get on board with the thing that he's doing in the world right now and to the end of time. That's how good God is. I'm gonna have Noel and the team come back up and I'm gonna close this this morning, but... It's been said that the gospel is the heart of the Bible. Maybe you know that, maybe, but the gospel is the heart of the Bible. Okay, that everything in scripture is either preparation for the gospel, presentation of the gospel, or participation in the gospel. 
The, the, the very first words that Jesus spoke to his disciples were, follow me and I would make you, make you fishers of men. And the final words of Jesus to his disciples and us are, therefore, go and make all uh, disciples of all nations. The gospel is, is all of it. The gospel, it starts with the gospel. It's all gospel in the middle and it ends with the gospel. Okay, it, we are called and commissioned to be about this gospel. And of course we are, right? Because really, at the end of the day, it is truly impossible. It's impossible to know this God and be silent about him. Right? It, it, it's not, when you're somebody and you've been radically touched by the love and grace of God, right? When you know that you've been forgiven and accepted by God and the Holy Spirit lives in you, right? Like, like when that's a reality, like God doesn't have to try and convince you to talk about him. Right? A pastor on a stage doesn't have to try and convince you to share him. A book on evangelism or other books don't have to try to convince you to talk about Jesus. When you know that God, you can't help but talk about him. When you experience that kind of love, you can't help but share that. And this is the invitation of God to us. And this is where we as a church, where we are going to be spending our time from now to the end of this year. For the next few months, we are going to focus our time and energy and attention on the gospel in this commission. What is this gospel that we have received? What is this call that God has upon our life? What does this look like played out for you and for me? This is the mission. Go, church. Make disciples of all nations. Would you stand with me if you can? I want to pray for us and... We're going to close with really a song that is a declaration, if you will, of this very thing. And, and so even as I share this morning, I, I believe that there's, there really can only be two groups of people in this room. And so I'm just going to invite you, would you just close your eyes with me? Because the reality is, is that that you are either here this morning and someone needing to receive the good news of this gospel. That, that, that you, you're here and you've never received that Jesus sacrifice for your sin. You're here this morning and you've never put your trust and your hope in him. You've never surrendered your life, turned from your sin and followed him. And, and, and today is that day for you. Today is that day for you to say, Jesus, I... I I trust you, Jesus, this Jesus who came from heaven, who died on a cross paying the penalty for your sin, that you would have relationship, life in God today and forevermore, that, that your hope and your trust and your joy and your eternity would be founded in him. And, and you've never done that. And, and, and today, that day is your day where the gospel's for you. It's for you. And... and, and, and for the rest of you then in the room, if you would say, no, no, I've, I've received that gospel, then the invitation to you this morning is for the gospel to go out from you. And so either way, either the gospel's for you this morning or the gospel's meant to go from you this morning. But my guess is, is that, that maybe even for some of us who have, have received of this gospel that, that all kinds of things have held us and kept us from sharing that gospel, that good news, fear, insecurity, I don't know enough, I, 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 people, aren't, people are going to laugh at me. People, I don't know what to say. I don't have the right words. I, I, all these kinds of things that, that come against us. And I want to just pray this morning that God would 
break off these things that hold us back and empower us by his spirit to live out his mission in our life. And so if that's you this morning, whether you, you're here this morning and you would say, hey, I, it, today is for a day. This is for me today I, to receive this good news of Jesus Christ for the f- salvation, uh, forgiveness of my sins and salvation in him. If that's you this morning or you're just here this morning and you say, man, I know that God wants to bring about his gospel through me. And God, I want to say yes to that work. I, I just invite you to just lift your hands this morning. Uh, and I'm just going to pray. For us, God, I pray this morning for those who are here, for anyone here, God, that doesn't know you, God, that hasn't received you, God, and your love and your grace and your truth. God, I pray that you would minister to that heart this morning. God, I pray for a revelation, Lord, of you, uh, God, to, to know you and your truth. God, to, to, to God, Lord, and just Holy Spirit, that you would do the work that only you can do. And God, for, for those of us who are here this morning, God, we just want to say yes to you and to your work. And God, to this mission that you've called us to. God, I pray that you would, even now, Lord, empower us by your spirit. God, fill us up. Make us brave, God. Make us courageous. Make us bold, Lord. God, I pray against fear and doubt and insecurity. Uh, Lord, uh, against, uh, against just image. Uh, uh, Lord, being liked by everybody and approved by everybody. Lord, God, that, that we would be more concerned about your approval than anyone else's. God that, God, that we would be more concerned about obeying you, God, than looking foolish to the world. God, that we'd be more concerned, Lord, about the destiny, the eternal destiny of other people than how we look. God, Lord, may you, Lord, just be glorified in us and through us. May we be a church and a people, Lord God, who take you seriously, who take your word to us seriously, your command to us seriously, and who receive the invitation to join you and partner with you, God, in this redemptive work. God, give us a heart. Lord, for the people around us, for every person we encounter, help us to see them through your eyes, to love them with your heart, and to share the good news of you with them, Jesus. God, have your way in us. God, may we as your people truly be a city on a hill and a light to the world. Be glorified in us, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.